Today we have with us Sir Clayton Leaders returning on the Herbal Hour podcast to talk about many fascinating topics related to health, mental health, social media, and anything else that we find of importance that we wish to discuss. How are you doing today, Clay? So good. Thank you, Bogdan, for having me back on. Uh, Dr. McCarchick, I'm sorry. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Glad to be back. Thank you. Awesome. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about uh, your background, what you study, if they haven't yeah. seen it? Um, I have a, a, a a uh, master's degree in public health, and um, I'm in my last year of uh, naturopathic medical school uh, in clinical studies right now. So that's exciting. Um, yeah, that's pretty much, I think, it. Great. So uh, we were talking last night uh, a little bit about how social media might be influencing uh, mental health in a in some ways in a beneficial way and in other ways uh, very negatively. So I just want to see what's your, what's your take on how social media in general affects, affects us as a society, as a people. I think it, it, it serves as a distraction from who we actually are in a lot of ways. Um, and that comes into like, uh, spiritual emotional well mental health i guess um and even physical ramifications um and it really goes pretty deep i think uh which is why we're having this discussion i i think yeah absolutely um yeah i was uh i was reading into some research so there's been tons of research done on how uh social media might be impacting people's well-being. And mm-hmm. one of the interesting things that I found was there was this distinction between active social media use and passive social media use, meaning that uh, active social media use means you're engaging with people, you're having conversations, you're posting things that are important to you, et cetera. And passive use is you're just consuming social media. Like if you're on Instagram or Facebook, you're literally just scrolling you're not interacting. And this study actually had a pretty wild uh, percentage of how that was laid out between people. So the actual amount of engagement on, you know, Facebook and Instagram was in the low single digit percentage. Like it was a few percent of actual engagement when you look at the whole entire network. So what that means is that most people who are using social media most of the time are just looking through it. They're not necessarily talking to people. They might be, you know, sending direct messages, but not like interacting directly. And this was a fascinating thing of this study because it actually correlated this kind of usage of consuming versus engaging with those negative impacts on mental health. So those that were just consuming social media, they were the uh, people more likely to have negative implications from using social media frequently, which makes yeah. sense in a lot of ways. Yeah, it definitely does. And like, I think that constant consumption, like I think that's one of the key points of why social media, as, as we talked about last night, um, it is a tool for good. Like it can be a tool for good. But I think most people use it as um, a consumption, like you said, and they find it 
as like the main um like the main thing that like they base their life on kind of mm. you know mm. and uh that's pretty that's hard to sort of think about because i think there's it's it's so distant from you you know but i think it's an interesting conversation to have and that's why we're having it i guess yeah absolutely and i think that point yeah. that uh social media is um is a tool is really uh crucial yeah. i think your uh, your video is back clay leaders oh, is back with us yeah no problem <laughs> Um, but the fact that social media is a tool, I think is a really important place to start from because there's a lot of, you know, polar opinions on social media. Oh, it, you know, it's necessary. If you're doing some kind of business venture, you, you need to have a social media, you need to do this and that to build your brand, to promote, et cetera. Um, and then there's the other side that's, you know, social media is inauthentic at times and it leads to a lot of anxiety because people compare themselves um, with people that they see on social media, which is not really the true image. It's just, you know, like we were talking about uh, a glimpse in time and often only the positive aspect that they're choosing to reveal for obvious reasons. People don't necessarily want to share, you know, their, their worst uh, vulnerabilities and their pain on social media. I don't know if those posts are getting the most likes, so they're not really, you know, stacking up in, in that sense. But the idea of it being a tool, I think, is a really important place to start from because what that shows is that social media, depending on how you use it, is what effects you'll get from it. So if you use it in a way that, you know, unconsciously, probably, mostly, like scrolling through, constantly comparing all these things, that that will mess up your mind state. I mean, it's I do it too all the time. I have to catch myself while I'll be like scrolling through Instagram and I'm just like, I just start feeling bad. And then I recognize, I'm like, oh yeah, I need to stop doing that. Like I need yeah. to just focus on making meaningful content, sharing things that are important and, and engaging with people directly, you know, going in back and forth, having real discussions, not just like looking through because any kind of, any kind of actually unconscious activity has that kind of effect. If you think about it, if you do anything really very unconsciously, it usually doesn't lead to uh, yeah. any kind of happiness. And that could be any, you could like read a book unconsciously and it, it'll make you feel kind of yeah. bad after you read it. You're like, I just kind of wasted time. I don't remember what I read. Right. Yeah, no, totally. Um, yeah. I think like scrolling through, like, you know, just going up and up and up, like scrolling down, um, it's continually subconsciously like making you uh, uh, compare yourself to, even if it's like a funny joke or uh, a, a social justice issue, it's always making you rethink, even if you don't realize it, it's making you rethink like what you, you know, mm. believe. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think I forget your last point that you said but um uh it's just the depth of it is unbelievable like how it impacts you like subconsciously you know because you <clears throat> sorry um you don't think that you're seeing it as you know it seems like a game kind of you know social media uh, it 
doesn't seem real because it's kind of not real because you're always behind this. Um, mm. <laughs> well, even like you and I are behind a, a screen. Yeah. It seems unreal. Yeah. And I think that's There's part a disconnect of what, aspect yeah. of it where and you don't really get that. Like, even if you do get, you know, interaction and engagement on social media or discussion, it's not the yeah. same as, you know, human to human real contact. It's interesting yeah. too in, in these in these past few months because with uh, the situation with quarantine, uh, people have been on their computers and on social media more than ever. And it's this new kind of world of interconnection where any idea that's spread can spread incredibly quickly. Whether or not it's... Um, you know, an idea that's like helpful for people or it's an idea that puts people back. If it's like a fearful idea or it's an idea that comes from a, a place of love. Um, and I don't know if you've seen this, but there's been an amazing amount of flame wars, for lack of a better term, on, um, on Facebook, especially when certain topics get brought up and you just see like, these are the posts that you'll see will have maybe three likes, but they'll have like 56 comments and you'll just click in and you start reading it. And then you, you jump into the rabbit hole and it's, you know, it's some contentious topic, whether it's, you know, the current nature of coronavirus or it's the, uh, the social institutions or whatever, there's this really heated emotional debate on every front that gets brought up, especially on social media. And if you think about it, you would never really have that level of like, let's say like negativity towards people that you may kind of know. And even people that you are related to in a professional context. I remember on, um, on our uh, professions, uh, uh, our school's Facebook, there was some uh, controversy because people were making certain posts and then they were getting into these arguments where they were literally like name calling each other. And these are like, you know, colleagues and, you know, fellow professionals and, and all this. And it, it goes to say is that wouldn't happen in person in person. It's way easier to have a very civil conversation because you won't have that, you know, that blindness to think that you can just, you know, openly insult and become very angry and aggravated and then kind of share maybe even things that are unrelated to the discussion into the discussion. So that's part of the, going back to your point, that's part of the big issues with uh, social media as a form of communication is that you don't really get a real human conversation because if, if, a interpersonal um, conversation was like some of these flame wars that happen on uh, social media, then it would literally just be a shouting match in the streets. Like people would just be yelling at each other. And those are luckily, those are relatively rare in general that I've seen, or, you know, even among like friends and people who know each other, I've, I've seen this happen. So it gives a level of disconnect and the same thing could be said of the internet in general, right? That yeah. any uh, technology, it gives this, why do you think that is? Let's let's discuss that. Why why is it over Facebook? Like, it's so much easier to tell someone to go f themselves, and they're you know they're an idiot for having this belief, rather than in person. Like, who 
you would be such a rare person to actually say that to a person they barely know in public. Um, well, first of all, I think I just want to say like, thank you for bringing up the, uh, the school issue uh, with like our discussions with school. Um, it has been an odd time to, for those discussions, but um, going forward, let's see. Uh, why do I think that those, I think that maybe like, I'm a, do you know much about the Enneagram uh, Bogdan? Yeah, I know. Uh, I know a little bit. It's uh, comes from uh, Gordajev. You ever heard of uh, uh, Gordajev? He's the guy who originated the symbol of the Enneagram and then it was kind of applied to the personality theory. Okay. Well, technically yeah. it's actually been around since early, uh, like, the early church back in the oh okay in, so maybe he he adopted it too maybe yeah okay. yeah okay. um but i think a lot of why people feel so you know like empowered to go forward with attacking people on social media is that if you don't if you if you're not looking someone in the eyes i think they there's just like, there's this disconnect between like yourself and who you're attacking kind of. Mm. Um, because like in person, you're going to look someone in the eyes. You're going to have to say like, I think eyes are very important uh, personally, like to, it's like uh, a connection. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think when you can just, just blatantly spout anything you want, um, it just comes out and it doesn't matter because you're not looking at someone in the eyes. I think that's mm. really a part of it. Mm. Um, yeah, that that's definitely, that's definitely a big portion of it is that the normal kind of etiquette and general principles and, you know, accepted rules of conversation that you, you shouldn't right. openly insult someone. <laughs> and yeah. you shouldn't, you know, attack their character if they have a belief different than and you. Although that does I happen it, in personal conversations, but when it gets to that point, it's already like, you know, on the verge of a fist fight. Like, but on social media, it just it, it will just it'll spiral and it doesn't actually I don't know, I don't know what it leads to. It just leads to no, exactly. like hating each exactly. other and not knowing exactly who it is that they don't like. And I think that's actually really exactly it, is because people like some of the things that I see said on social media, like if you said that in person, you get punched in the face. You know? <laughs> That's factual <laughs> statement, sir. <laughs> it's absolutely true. But if you're on social media, if you're just like a Facebook post, uh, it's, you're not going to get punched in the face. So you can say anything you want to, you know, yeah, there's less, there's less uh, immediate social consequences for, right. Uh, and then there's there's this weird popularity contest kind of thing that happens with social media where people will take like a certain side and then, you know, certain people will like that comment. Other people dislike, you know, will like that comment and then they they go back and forth. And it's it's so strange to see it because what it seems to me is someone gets emotionally triggered by something that someone says, maybe it's like a view that they disagree with or anything of that matter. But rather than acting how we typically do when we're, you know, in public of like 
you know, having self-restraint and trying to, you know, choose our words carefully and considering the other person and, you know, reflecting on, you know, why that bothered us or maybe saying something, but not in necessarily in an aggressive or negative way. But on the internet, that filter never kicks in and it goes from anger to, I'm just going to write like everything that comes in my mind in response. And it's going to be like ad hominem attacks, attacking the person rather than having the discussion. And ultimately those discussions never lead to anyone being convinced of anything, which is always funny because that's always, it seems to be the goal, the underlying goal of when you're having a flame war on uh, social media that (laughs) really, you want to show the other person that, you know, you're really right and they're really wrong. And I don't know if that's ever happens. Maybe just ironically, maybe some person was like, yeah, you're right, whatever, because they were just done with the conversation. But has anyone's opinion ever been changed by, you know, like, being attacked as a human. And this brings the, this brings a kind of far ranging point, I think, into this um, and into really all discussion on, on anything that's important to us. So there's this idea in, um, in philosophy, especially ancient philosophy with uh, Socrates, Plato, that one of the greatest tools for coming to truth is, is dialogue. They call it dialectic, a back and forth. But this is distinguished from an argument. It's not, you know, one person's trying to prove the other person wrong and themselves right. It's this idea that two people are together and they both want to find out what's the truth. What can I learn from this? So they discuss it and they bounce each other's ideas off each other. Sometimes one will play the devil's advocate. But it's not in a manner of trying to disprove. It's a matter of how do we get to a truth? So it's kind of what we're, we're doing here today uh, on the topic of social media. We know that there's issues with uh, how social media affects you know, society, our mental health, our well-being. But at the same time, we see that there's a lot of great benefits. There's a lot of good that can come of it. You know, people sharing their lives, people sharing educational content that really helps people. I mean, there's some, some great pages on Instagram that all they do is just post awesome things like, like really good poems or they'll um, post articles and they'll, you know, post really well taken pictures of majestic sites. So there's, there's a lot good on there too, but it's all kind of mixed in there with all everything. Cause it's, you know, it's whatever someone would think to, uh, to post. So I guess, yeah. How, how do we use social media in a way that's beneficial for us and for society? Cause you know, you have to kind of start from this idea that social media is not going away. Like it's gonna yeah. like social media, all it really means in a sense, humans are always trying to connect and be social. It's the nature of a human. Now we have right. things like the internet and then there the invention of apps, which, even channel that into a different kind of thing. So that's going to keep getting more and more. I mean, so there's no, there's no stop to this process, but the question is how can we be aware of the, the potential pitfalls of of what social media does to us as, as people living in this society and, um, and use it for our best. Yeah. I mean, for sure there are like huge uh, uh, benefits of, of social media. Um, there are ways to, you know, learn things you didn't know, uh, be exposed to ideas, concepts that you should 
um, consider like deeply, you know, in your own mind, like face things that are presented to you. Um, I know there are a few pages that I follow that uh, give good news, you know, in a, in a time that uh, good news is rare to find. Um, and I think as far as like finding a way to, I don't know, there are pitfalls for sure. Um, and I think when like you fall into those pitfalls, actually, can you repeat your question? I'm so sorry. Yeah. The, the, the pitfalls of social media and how can we use it in yeah. a way that's beneficial to us? I mean, that's the fundamental question, right? Cause we're not, as I said, we're not getting rid of it. So it's not like you can right. choose to not participate in it. Um, but that's not going to stop other people from doing the same. So th- any effects that are outside of the individual will still affect you from that. Yeah. I mean, I think the pitfalls are like constantly comparing yourself to someone else, uh, which I think 90% of social media, at least we're talking about, when we talk about social media, I should just say, um, mostly my understanding is based on Facebook and Instagram, Mm -hmm. mainly Instagram. And I see 90% of what Instagram is, is compare like people putting out their best. And I think that the pitfall of that is that there's always constant comparison. Um, and there are so many, so many health issues based on that. Like, I mean, we've, we've studied, you and I, uh, Dr. McCartick, <laughs> have, uh, have studied um, psychology so far in our in our education and that leads to like anorexia you know and like a bulimia and all these things and like that's a huge impact on someone's health and it's not just for like the moment because if you look at a if you look at an instagram post and you think oh i want to look like that you know man or woman um it's not just in that moment it's 20 years down the line that that still impacts you, you know, in my opinion. Um, And I think that's really the downfall of social media is that it's just changing people's entire psychology, you know? Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to be said about um, ADHD, ADD, these kind of things. And uh, electronics in general, social media being yeah. one of the forms of electronic usage um, among the highest time used for for uh, for many people, but our mind, our brain adapts to what is in front of us. That's what it's always doing. It doesn't matter if we want it to or don't want it to. Our nervous system, our psyche is constantly adapting to what is the scenario that I'm in? What is the situation I'm in? And much of what that is, is not even conscious to us. So with this idea of scrolling through and comparing, it's not necessarily even a conscious process. In some cases it can be when you, when you feel like it's, there's this idea that they were researching in these studies on social media and how it impacts people's mental health. It's called fear of missing out. It's like this concept. It's a big, big ass. Yeah, exactly. 
FOMO. I was trying not to say the acronym. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> For some reason. But um, FOMO. Um, yeah. So this idea that you, you know, you're not feeling too good. You feel maybe a little bit down, et cetera. You're having a bad day. It's COVID times. So who isn't, you know, having a little bit of, of struggle with the isolation? Um, and, you know, you scroll through social media and you see people on the beach and like really happy. And you just feel like worse because you feel like not only do you feel like crap, but something's wrong with you because that's just, it's just you. It's very isolating. The interesting thing is that we don't see the truth or the reality of the situation that and I actually see this a lot on Instagram posts, which is, it's, it's really, it's pretty startling when you see it. But I saw this, this picture of, um, of this woman who was like, you know, smiling in a really cheerful mood and looking really happy and everything. And if you, if you read the description of the post, she was basically saying how about five minutes later, she had a mental breakdown, like was completely in tears, screaming in her pillow, all this, all this stuff. I read it. I'm like, exactly that. That's what it is. Like that, that picture is a snapshot in time. And that's what I, that's what I keep in mind when I look through all social media, someone seems like, you know, everything's, you know, peachy and great. No person's life is perfect. It doesn't matter if they take a million perfect photos. Everyone's life has ups and downs. That's, that's the nature of the mind. It's the nature of life. Some people in general are much happier. They're more fulfilled. Some people are much, you know, facing tougher times. Yes, this is true. Um, but if you look at the, you know, the kind of things that are released on social media, I'm talking primarily here of Instagram. Facebook is a little bit different because people will kind of just openly vent sometimes on, on Facebook. Not as much on Instagram. Instagram's usually, you know, a nice picture of something happy and then some nice positive quote to go along with it. Um, yeah. But yeah, you don't see the yeah. you don't see the truth of the situation. So our nervous system, our mind, our psyche, you know, takes it as truth when we're scrolling through and seeing, you know, all these happy people that aren't us. And we miss the point that this is just they're just people. Like they have their own issues, they have their own problems, they have their own struggles, existential crises. And we need to always remember that. And I think that that just that idea, keeping that in mind as like a counter for the automatic reaction of feeling, you know, feeling like fear of missing out when you see other people are having a great time is just remember that like, that's just them at that time. And then you have those moments too, but maybe you didn't take a photo of it or the things along the line. So I think it's important to see what the, what the underlying uh, truth of the situation is. Cause that comparison idea. Yeah. And then uh, to throw in here also is this idea that, oh, because they're so, you know, rich and famous, they must be happy. And like, you don't have to really look very deep to see that that doesn't actually lead to happiness. You know, yeah. that doesn't lead to, um, let's say, a That's good experience. That's like an entirely different. Life. It's very different. Yeah. That's a very different conversation. I mean, like it does apply to this conversation, but like that's that's so much bigger than... Right. Just social media. And that's what, that's what we see on social media with, you know, yeah. uh, accounts that are particularly popular. There's this idea that, oh, if maybe if I was in that state, I would be happier. And it, you actually, uh, they're, they're all illusions. And I think it, the answer to what brings us f uh, fulfillment and meaning in our lives is not, it's not a simple answer. And it's, it's 
unique for each individual. And I think that's part of the reason why it's so difficult to find. And it's also evolving and growing. There's no one thing. A lot of it is the process of like you aim for something and in the pursuit of it, you feel fulfilled and then you reach it and then you aim for something bigger. And then in the pursuit of it, you feel fulfilled and you feel meaning. And that's kind of the, the nature of the, of the human minds. But that teaches us also that there's nowhere you can rest. There's no point where you get to where it's like, I'm done. I won life. Everything's going to be great from now on. Like, you know, you know what I mean? That never happens. Like someone, yeah. you know, an actor becomes the most famous actor in the world. And like, you know, no, right there, like what happens after that? Drugs. That's divorce, a really good point. It always peaks no, down. Yeah. Like that, Cause where else can they go? No, that's a good point. Like, it it the the construct of i mean i think we talked last night that like it's not just social media i think we're kind of basing this conversation on social media because it's the most yeah. easy way to talk about this well issue. social media is an expression of us no one's forcing right. people to make the posts they do it's really a kind of sandbox of give people unlimited ability to interact with whatever they think works and then put in like a liking and rating system that causes people to condition each other to behave and post in a certain way and then see what happens. Yeah. That's social media. It's not like it inherently is bad or good. It's right. really more of an expression of us more than yeah. anything. But I think, I think your point about, about like fame though is yeah, like, exactly. it is very, yeah, that's something I've actually not thought about. Like you bring up a really good point. Like what, like, why do we celebrate these people? I don't know. Um, well, well, any, any idea of everything is mixed up, right? Because as humans, we are also, we like to be admired for what we do. That's good. And it, it feels good to us. When you do something that's good, you do something that's good for yourself or someone else to hear someone say, oh, thank you so much for helping me out. That makes us feel good. So this is not necessarily a bad mechanism. It's kind of a natural, it could even be argued to be a part of our spiritual nature. But the like craving for the kind of attention and recognition, that almost seems like that's that feeling, but pathological. It becomes a craving for like, I need people to, you know, notice me and, and this and that. And then, it, but it's always, you always need more of it because it, the feeling that you get when someone congratulates you or gives you a like or something like that, it's by definition temporary. So the moment you get that good feeling, you want to get it again. And I think that's where it kind of spirals yeah. out into this issue of, um, you know, people seeking to just be famous. There's this common idea in popular culture and also in psychology that if anyone in general who is, you know, urgently, fervently seeking uh, wealth or status or fame or anything, it always comes from a place of lack. It always comes from a place of I'm, miss, I'm missing something and this will fill it. This will fill that. What that is, what is it? Maybe it's a lack of love. Maybe it's a lack of meaning, whatever. It's, it's a kind of symbol that they're seeking to fulfill, you know, that feeling that they don't feel good enough. They don't feel worthy, et cetera. It's different for every person. Um, 
but you'll see that a lot in people who do become like very famous and very successful. Obviously not everyone, but there are cases of people that come from, you know, very troubled lives. They never felt like they got love, you know, they were always in poverty. So they, from a young age were like, wealth is my answer to happiness and like acceptance and and everything. So the, they just went full force, they reached it. And then there comes the epiphany because they get everything they thought would necessarily make them fulfilled and it didn't. And now what? And that's like the, that, that's a, that's a terrible place to be. In. And I think that's where a lot of sudden downward spirals come from when someone finally reaches all the things that they thought would really be it, the thing, the ideal, I finally reached it. Then they realize, no, like it actually isn't it. Yeah. And then social media is an expression of that. Yeah. And that's pervasive. I think through, it doesn't really matter if it's social media or celebrity or, uh, you know, CEOs or anything. Like, I think that's pervasive throughout the culture. If you base your entire identity on success and like specifically uh, monetary success, because there's so much more to life. And I think that that concept sort of comes from like, if I'm not rich, you know, I'm not, I'm not a good person, essentially. And I think that's, especially in American culture, I don't know how many of your listeners are international. um, But yeah, it comes down to pretty much that in America. It's like, if you're not rich, you're not successful. Mm. And that's, and I mean, even I know that we opened this conversation up to um, mostly just being like social media driven, but I think that comes back to social media because so much of of that uh, is driven by what you see on social media. And like, if you don't have that, you don't have anything, you know? Mm. Yeah. And it's, there's this false uh, equation of success with this or that. When really at the fundamental level, success is an abstract notion, right? Because like, when do you actually reach success? It's in general, it's either self-defined or it's culturally defined, right? So like the culture that you live within has certain ideals of this is this is success. And then people, you know, they chase those ideals. And then there's the self-defined success, which is this is the way at least I put it for myself is what, what would I regret not doing in my life? What are my greatest like potentialities? What would bring me the the greatest experiences, uh, meaningfulness, usefulness to other people, insights into life? Um, what would, what would be the expression of my greatest potential in the most wholesome way possible. That, that's how I think of success. And there's monetary and financial things obviously play into it to some, to some degree because, I mean, if you're running a business or something with money, you can get more resources. You can get more people working with you. You can uh, do, you can basically take an idea and you can put it into reality. That's what money allows you to do. It, the big mistake I think with thinking about money is forgetting that it's really, it's a resource. It's not like a 
goal. It's not a final goal. It just gives you the ability to do what you, what you want with it. So you can, in and of itself, you can, you know, build schools, you can help people who are less fortunate and uh, starving. You can help people who need uh, healthcare. You can help people with this. You can, uh, provide a really good life for yourself and your family. You can uh, use that money to travel and gain insights into the world and and share those insights. So like there's, it's, it's the same with social media thing. It's not like inherently uh, bad. It's just a tool. So that, that, but we get hung up on the, the tool. Maybe that's the kind of big issue with social media or chasing fame or all this and that, that the social media or at least let's say making an account that um, becomes widely known or uh, widely distributed or something like that. It's a means to an end. It's not like the end itself. And money also is a means to an end. It's a means to an end of living uh, a good life and doing good things for people and yourself, et cetera. But it's, if you think of it as the final end, I mean, where, where could that lead other than just unfulfillment? It's just being driven yeah. purely by an uh, unfulfilled desire that will never get fulfilled because it's not something that like can be quenched. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good point. And I think that kind of leads into the next question I was going to ask you, even though I'm the guest on, on this podcast, um, as far as like spiritual impacts of, cause I know you really like, you know, seeking into like the depths of, of humanity and like the depths of uh, personal um, identity, I guess. I don't know how else to put it, but like the the spiritual aspects of how social media might affect a person. Like, well, not just social media. I mean, obviously, we've we've discussed that this is not just strictly a, a conversation about social media. Let's like, talk about electronics. That- Let's talk about electronics in general. And um, okay, because social media is like an obvious expression of that. So uh, what was the uh, final part of your question? Just like, how do you think that impacts the spiritual aspect of your, of your humanity? Yeah. That's a big question. (laughs) Yeah. It it definitely, it has a tendency to detract from it. It is a tendency. It doesn't necessarily have to, but in general, electronics or really anything that we're like absorbed into, it takes us away from ourself. It takes us away from our own feeling, our experience of the body, our experience of our breath, our experience of our posture, our experience of our muscle tension, all these things. Like we become unconscious when we're, you know, caught in anything, whether that's, you know, uh, a video game or, you know, uh, a TV show like a Netflix or if it's, you know, social media scrolling, they all are, the the thing that they all share in their negative aspect is that when they're done unconsciously, meaning you don't really like, you're not aware that you're there, you're not present in your body, you're not really choosing even to do it, you're more like being dragged on by it. It's uh, like like an addiction kind of in that sense where it's leading you on. And in terms of the spiritual aspect, I mean, well, can I stop you for a second? Yeah, sure. Really quick. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I think that it's what it comes down to is distraction. Like you said, like it's distracting you from everything else in your life. 
And I think the reason that um, I actually brought this for the listeners, I actually brought this uh, concept of talking about to Bogdan um, because right now there's so much, so many people seeking distraction um, and not facing like their, their deeper selves. So um, I think that's absolutely true is like, this comes down to an issue of not wanting to face, you know, your, yourself kind it's of painful, which is facing, not, facing the shadow parts of yourself is really painful. So it's, it's so understandable. Yeah, it is. That we want to be distracted. It, it's definitely um, understandable and, and it's painful. And I don't, I would never, you know, say that anyone is, I would never like downplay someone's mm-hmm. uh, perspective, like, or like where they are in their life. Like, it's hard, but I just wanted to just mention that really quick. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Here's an argument uh, in in favor of uh, how spiritual health can be improved when we either have a more conscious attitude towards our usage of electronics and social media, or we take breaks from it. So some of the most peaceful times I've ever had were when I was out in nature and either my phone wasn't with me or it was just on airplane mode. And just the fact that that is the case seems to show that we're so, we're so interconnected in that way that we lose a lot of freedom. Right. Cause I mean, when you leave the house and you forget your phone, you feel like, you know, you left your leg inside. Right. Like, have you, has that ever happened to you or you like forget your phone or something like that? And you're like, Oh, I need to call someone, talk to someone later. Now I won't be able to contact them. Like for real practical concerns, not just because, you know, but no, yeah. It becomes almost an appendage of our own body. Yeah. That's what Elon Musk uh, talks about. uh, uh, A good amount, which I think is a really good point for electronics is, you know, we're thinking that AI is something that's going to come and that, you know, cybernetic organisms or us integrating with technology, something that's going to come, but we already are like, we carry around a, a device in our, in our pocket all the time. That is really just like an extension of our, our minds, our, our will, our speech. You can text anybody and say that you can call them. You can, look something up on the internet, find some information, you can share information. So there's nothing, it's a tool. There's nothing wrong with it, but we've, right. we've maybe the unconscious aspect of not using it as a tool because what is it? What is a tool, right? A tool is for a purpose. There's no tool that has no purpose. So maybe that's, that's one of the big underlying issues with electronics in general is that we don't define what is like the purpose of this. What is the purpose of my social media account? What am I trying to do? Am I trying to connect with people? Am I trying to have uh, discussions? Am I trying to share what's important to me? Um, Or do I have no goal and I'm just on there and I just like to look through it without really any reason. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but there is, if it makes you feel worse because why do that? Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, as we talked last night, I think, I probably said this before, but um, it is a tool for good. Like it is, it's true. Um, as I know, you know, uh, Bogdan, but I don't know if the um, if the listeners know. But like, I do. I I follow the uh, lifestyle of following Jesus as a Christian, 
And part of that is a Sabbath, um, mm-hmm. like taking a day or like a time away, like whether it's Sunday or any other day, mm-hmm. just taking time away from a social media. Uh, well, not just like taking time away from everything from, from work and then focusing your mind on, you know, meaning yeah. and your spirit and these kind of ideas, which usually doesn't yeah. involve social media scrolling. So that's right. pretty much, <laughs> which, which is why I bring it up. Just like it, part of how I do that is just turning my phone off for an entire day and putting it in a drawer. And I feel like that's so impactful. And it's not to say that like everyone should be, you know, Christian or, uh, you know, uh, take Sabbath or anything like that. But it's just like how I sort of view that as like an, a way to escape. Because you mentioned before, like going into the forest, you know, away from everything. Yeah. And I think, I think that's huge, huge, hugely important. Well, that's the, the idea of, uh, you know, fasting from food, but fasting from also stimulation because there's not inherently anything wrong with being stimulated right. by social media or like a show, but when it's so constant, it, it, first of all, it loses its beneficial effect usually. And then it also, right. you lose yourself in it. So taking, taking those, uh, the breaks, it gives you the it gives you the space to come back in and, and realize why are you doing it? Like, why are you, it gives you the, the ability to come back in consciously rather than just being led along by, you know, uh, constant, you know, YouTube videos that are just connected to each other. But like, I want to learn about mythology. I'm going to watch a mythology video. And like, whenever you do anything consciously like that, it's always great. But when you like watch things or you scroll through and you have no like you fall into that way of like not thinking in terms of like coming into a consciously with what you're because you can use social media like that, right? You can think, oh, okay, I had a really good day. This is what I learned. This is my insight. Okay, I'll, you know, I'll I'll post a uh, a picture related to it and I'll write something that maybe someone else will read and they'll be like, oh wow, like that's actually really helpful. I was feeling the same way today. Like, thank you for saying that. Like, no, I think coming in consciously instead of just, you know, reactively. That That's an excellent point. As like that. I think maybe this entire conversation could come down to is like conscious consumption mm. versus unconscious consumption. And, it, like and, that's a, yeah. and when you talk about conscious and unconscious, really what we're talking about, we're talking about awareness. So we're talking about yeah. spirituality, basically, at some level. That's, that's right? interesting. Huh? Yeah. Wow. That's a really good point. Yeah, that's cool. I, th- I think that 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 is what it is. And it it seems to apply to ev- basically ev- everything, right? Like even, uh, you know, in-person conversations or, you know, you call your family on the phone and or you call a friend or, you know, you go for a walk with someone and to to choose to live that consciously and not just like go through patterns and not just go... There's such a tendency if you don't put that extra effort and you don't have that space to just repeat patterns. You know, this has probably happened uh, uh, with um, uh, to you, and it's happened to me a lot of times where I'll you know be talking to a friend and I'll realize like I talked to them about this already. Like I, I I I these are things that I've said or something like that, and especially when they're not on topics of ideas or anything necessarily meaningful, but just like you know, just having casual talk 
but then you you kind of catch that and you're like this doesn't really leave me feeling like very connected to 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 this person at all so like why 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 are these the the things that we speak of like you know when you're talking to someone about just like the weather or something like why am i why am i i don't care what the weather is hmm. yeah i don't care <laughs> like, why am i talking about this <laughs> yeah like i'll catch myself sometimes I'm, in the middle of it and i'm just like why am i talking about this i don't want to talk about this yeah yeah hmm now i mean like it's kind of sad that in american culture i mean I, i'm not i don't want to speak poorly about anyone obviously america's like, the best america- clay come on man <laughs> what are you trying to say bro oh, gosh no. We said we weren't going to get political. <laughs> We're getting political. America's the best. No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, America's um, uh, another country just like any other country. Every country yeah. has their it's just like, great things and their negative things. In the society, like, it feels like there's such a disconnect between, like, uh, being able to r- really truly relate to our, our brothers and sisters and, mm. you know the spectrum of what that is mm-hmm. uh like yeah i don't know it it brings up <laughs> there's too many conversations to have about that we're issue. more connected than ever with electronics but yet we're more isolated exactly oh this, good this is how i it. how yes. i would sum it up and that's exactly what yeah. this whole quarantine situation has shown is that we're so interconnected but yet we're so isolated from each other at the same time. That I couldn't have said it better. Exactly. Exactly. That's the pervading, yeah. that's the pervading. And it it goes, it goes deep because in general Western culture, especially as it's been for the few uh, last hundred years, it's really based on individualism. Whereas other cultures are more based on the community. So yeah. the whole you know, the enlightenment and Western rationality, et cetera. It's all based on this idea of individual sovereignty and that the individual is the most primary unit of society. That's not the community. It's not the tribe, et cetera. But this leaves us in a weird place where we're not made like that. Like humans are, we have individual aspects, but we're social creatures. Like you don't see in any in any society, people really in masses living completely alone from just very basic um, biological survival standpoint. Like we're not particularly strong creatures. Like if you meet a bear in the wild, you meet a tiger, a lion, like you have no chance. Why humans had a chance is because we would hunt in groups and because intelligence and the ability to use tools and the yeah. ability to pass on that information through communities and all this. So we're at fundament, we're very socially um, linked creatures, right? So when we don't have that, when we feel like we don't have that in some sense, yeah, we feel isolated, we feel sad, we feel like we don't have a purpose. And that's, I mean, that's millions of years of evolution in a sense. Well, and, and I think that's a sort of a pathology of current society because when you look back into history, like multi-generational homes were the norm, you know? And nowadays, uh, I mean, I'm guilty of this, but like you just move away from home and live by yourself in an apartment. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but like that was the norm. And like that was 
how people maintained their, you know, community. And mm-hmm. um, even if you look back to the early church uh, of like Philippians and Colossians and all the, like the very early churches, it was all about like community. Mm-hmm. And I think like everything was about community and like building uh, a group of people that would like care for you and you would care for them. And we've lost that. And I think, mm-hmm. well, maybe we haven't lost it entirely. I'm, I'm sort of an optimist. In that to sense. a large part, it's become, it's become fragmentary. You know, someone will work yeah. at a corporation and they don't know what they're working on or who they're even working with sometimes. And this is like yeah. a wide spread issue. I mean, in New York City, there's so many people walking around that you're just filled in, you know, a sea of, of people. But yet you feel so alone. Yeah. It's yeah. That, I think that's the perfect picture of like when things become so big that they almost the individual doesn't feel any real connection. Because yeah. there's this idea too that humans at some fundamental biological level, we we work best in smaller groups of maybe like 100 people, 200 people. like where everyone knows each other, everyone's inter, uh, you know, related, they're doing, you know, help bartering, they're helping each other out They're Everyone knows each other, like a small town kind of idea or like a small tribe that that's how we function. But when you abstract that out and now you live in like a big city and don't really even know your next door neighbor, I really don't know the people that live next to me in this apartment. I've been here for four years and yeah. I mean, I'm I'm as much to blame as as anybody for that. I could have easily just you know went to knock on their door, but that idea never even came into my mind because this is the this is the way that we live. We live as if you know that's not even really. Why would you do that? What's the what's the point? You know? Yeah. No. Um. I'm I'm guilty of the same. Like I've lived in my apartment complex here for uh, uh about two years, and like I still don't really know anyone. But I think going back to what you said like um when you have 10,000 followers on Instagram or like you know uh Facebook or whatever it is like that's still that's still not community you know but a lot of people think that like a lot of people value that as if it was community which is sort of scary in my concept of what community it, should be. It can be and it, it can't be. It depends what that community is. Is it all people who are just, you know, passively consuming that person's content that they're releasing or are there people well, who yeah. are actually having discussions? But even if they are having no, I mean, discussions, that's what I mean. it's still just over electronics. So it's not, it's not the same as yeah. a community would be if you, you know, if you started a town or something and you had 10,000 people I mean, there. What I mean by that is, what I mean by that is that like it, it does seem more like a not like a fake community. Like it's not like you're well, it's a virtual community, with them. right? <laughs> yeah. Well, huh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. It is an, it is a community and also isn't like, it's definitely not this. It definitely doesn't have the same feel that like knowing each of those people personally would. I mean, there's no way that it could possibly be like that. Sure, but like what an invisible community if, if you that is that community, a lot of though? anxiety and depression <laughs> right is is a virtual community actually community 
Like I don't know. this is a this is a philosophical question. I would say I would say it's a it's an abstract community that you would almost have to like constantly reflect on the fact that it's community and try to like visualize the people in it and try to like establish real visceral ties to these humans or else no like it can't be i mean as far as your mind is concerned it's not as far as your psyche is concerned it's not a real community i mean one of the i'm I'm just gonna like name drop a a a very popular um channel i follow tanks good news i don't know if you know of this this channel on instagram um but like i think he has like two million followers Mm -hmm. and uh uh, there's so much like you can't have a community you can't really feel community in two million followers because what that ends up as as i've seen time and time again is like just arguments and fights and people calling each other names and stuff like that um over social media and that does not equal community because it's just people trying Mm. to like you know invade not in fate. I don't know what the, the proper word is, but like assert, assert themselves in a way mm-hmm. that it makes them more important. And that's not community. I have a know? wholesome counterpoint to that. I think to, to balance. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Truth. Give it to me. <laughs> so it could be a spiritual community in a sense, or an, uh, a community based on an idea or a way of living where people can learn from each other. So for example, if, if some, you know, social media account is set up in such a way that all that they do is post about, you know, their spiritual insights, the way they live, what they found, their truth, et cetera, things that people can really read and be like, okay, that's helpful for me. Then anyone who is also on that path of self-discovery, or they're also trying to find the answers, they're in that community with everyone else that's in it because they share like a, um, some, some truth that they're aiming towards or some way of living that they're aiming towards. So in that way, they're, they're part of a community of an idea. Hmm. That's, that's an interesting thought. Yeah. I mean, we're within the natural health community, right? Um, as, uh, like naturopathic doctors, naturopathic students, we're in this web of this idea and this idea is that nature has a healing power. And then that spreads out into all these different professions. But at fundament, we share more in common with others that also have that idea. And though we may not know them consciously, when we see the things that they post and their information, educational information, it reminds us of our path too. So we, in that way, a community could be built around an idea or way of living or a truth. But if it's, once again, if it's just people mindlessly consuming, then it's not a real community because there's no, there would have to be interaction between the members of the community too. It it can't just be, you know, one person is at the top of the community and everyone is just following them. A real community would be a circle, right? Everyone would be interacting with everyone within that community. And that person's social media page would just be kind of the hub of it. Or something. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the wholesome spin on it. That's how it could be used beneficially to create community. Still not the same thing as, you know, meeting up in a park with your friends. Still not the same thing. Yeah. Still, you still need that. 
but that doesn't mean yeah. that there couldn't be some use, you know, you're home, it's late anyway. So what else are you going to do? You might as well maybe connect with somebody online. Yeah. I mean, maybe it just no, has for a time sure. and a place. As long as you're it doesn't right. interrupt your sleep patterns, because that's what we didn't talk about electronics, social media, the fact that blue light suppresses melatonin and, and actually yes. messes up uh, circadian rhythms. Some research showing that it'll actually every hour of blue light past a certain time will actually push your circadian rhythm an hour forward. So wait, wait, you, say that again. Every hour? So, uh, or, yeah. Every, every, for every hour of exposure, you'll, your circadian rhythm will be pushed an hour forward. Something, whoa. something along those lines. Yeah. There's some like more specific information about how the, not only how just while you're looking at blue light, how that suppresses melatonin. That's the sleep hormone that mm-hmm. helps you fall asleep, but that it changes that circadian rhythm, that, that falling asleep wow. pattern and has long lasting impacts. So, you know, you watch a lot of TV before, you know, even a few hours before bed and you are laying in bed, you can't sleep. So that's, that's yeah. an aspect of electronics too, that needs to be considered. And probably a, a good portion of what the negative influence of electronics and social media is, is like, okay, imagine combine all the things. The unconscious scrolling, you got a bright screen and it's like one in the morning. Yeah. Which is, yeah, you're, no. you're laying down resting. I, a lot of people do that. I do that too, a lot of times. And I have to yeah, kind of no, stop and throw, it, throw it to the side. I mean, like these are, I'm wearing these because they're blue light blocking glasses mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm looking at a screen. Um, but yeah, no, I was totally like about to say that maybe we could talk about the physical impacts, like physical health impacts of, of social media. And I think, first of all, sleep for sure is one of them. Um, and uh, eating disorders. I don't know if you, you know, remember I don't know a lot too much from, about that. It's it. I I meant to actually pull up some articles so I could have some statistics. Uh, I didn't have a chance to, but like since the popularization of Instagram, eating disorders have gone up to, to like astronomical levels, as have suicide rates based on people feeling inadequate, and I think. That's potentially it, it, it's both psychological and physical, but I think the the concept of um, of particularly eating disorders is more of a physical uh, issue. And I don't know. I just wanted to mention that as a as an issue to consider when you think about social media, and just um, it it goes it permeates sure. into Hollywood as well yeah well that's societal ideals in general like the ideal person the ideal body shape all this that expresses itself in all forms of media actually we can broaden it out like movies and magazines and all this but with social media it's so direct and it's so you know it's like in your face it's in your actual 24 7 yeah 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 and i uh, can see how that would that would influence that yeah uh i mean it, it if someone feels like already feels bad about how they look, then when they see, you know, somebody who um, is the way that maybe they wish that they looked and then they see all the positive recognition they're getting and you know, all this, that makes them feel worse because they feel like they can't get that or maybe right. they overcompensate. And then it becomes like um, pathological, like a, like an eating disorder where they can't even control the, 
and there and then there's the other direction where they don't necessarily try to attain that but they just feel that they're not um they're not worthy of mm. you know care or love and they go towards the direction of like you know drug abuse yeah. alcohol yeah. abuse uh all mm. those things because they think like i'm never going to attain this and it's mm. like really sad and pathological and yeah. it's a it per, it permeates society i don't know uh, yeah there's there's two sides to this too because it's not i don't know if it's even social media that's that's causing it it's almost like it's there as a trigger for something that's already there in that person's mind and their way of perceiving, right? So I'll give you an example. There is at least two ways to respond to the situation of seeing someone being where you wish you were. The first response is, you know, jealousy or feeling bad about yourself, et cetera. But there's, a, there's another response you can have, which is actually inspiration. Or being like, oh, they they did that? I, I can do that too, actually. Why not? They're just a human. I'm just a human. Yeah. No, that's same very, image. Very true. Same You're image, right. same story, same everything. Or maybe it could even come from like a, a higher wisdom of like seeing it like, oh, that's just like superficial beauty. Like, why do I even care about something like that? Like that's no, that's but, a good point. Right. So that there's that aspect of it too that are the fundamental way of perceiving it is is uh, the the issue is there already even before social media. The social media just yeah. exacerbates and it plays on it. And when we get into like advertising and things like that, then it's you know a conscious manipulation of those feelings to make people feel like they're Ooh. inadequate, so they need to buy the product, right? To trigger that's those feelings, so they have to make up for it. That's social media is not necessarily that consciously doing it, although there's a lot of advertisement on social media. So yes, it's also doing that. Yeah. So in those cases, yes, it's, you have to have like a strong psychic shield to not fall into that and to, to, to know your worth regardless of what you see. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely, there are, you know, implicit, like deeper, um, uh, like I'll, I'll say issues. I don't mean that it's a derogatory term but like that people face that sort of social media or movies or Hollywood deep, or whatever deep it is. pains, deep wounds, traumas, that it, these that kind it of brings things. out. Mm. Yeah, for sure. But I think uh, social media and movies and Hollywood and all these things, uh, just like they're a catalyst, you know, um, for those concepts. But you sense. are right. Like, yeah. Um, it, it, it can, I don't know. I'm not going to give any treatment advice or medical advice or anything, but uh, there are ways to go about fighting that concept as well. Like you said, like there, it, it's, it's not so ingrained in, in the, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it's how it's how we 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 come to it too. I mean, uh, if something makes us if something makes us feel bad in general, there's also like an indication that there's a wound there that's still. I'll give you an example. So somebody you know insults you on Facebook, 
right? And then you get really upset, very angry, or you know, you lash out, or you feel bad about yourself, or something like that. It takes two to tango. Like there's some there's some hurt there that's maybe not conscious that like got triggered. So that person who insulted you, uh, not you in particular, but but anybody. <laughs> had Sorry. you know some <laughs> some you know they obviously brought forward that thing that made you feel bad but you also feel bad because of your own reasons that are just as worthy to look into because if you look into those reasons then the next time a person insults you you may actually not feel bad because you'll know oh that's just their opinion and like i actually feel fine about myself and i don't have to judge my self esteem based on what people think of me which is a more mm-hmm. kind of sturdy standpoint. So that's kind of just, there's two, there's two sides of it. It's not saying that, you know, people that are insulting, like that they're not to, to blame for causing hurt to people. Obviously they're, they're part of that, but what can we do as people, you know, who might be subject to that is we work on our own minds and work on our own healing, work on our own, resolving our own trauma so that we can uh, not be so influenced by other people's attempts to hurt us. I mean, isn't yeah that's a that's a great strength to be able to not be influenced by other people's negativity right especially when it's directed yeah for sure for sure we've had we've had conversations about that recently yes we have yes we Um, have indeed (laughs) (laughs) um yeah no absolutely i think uh well first of all you make great points like absolutely i agree with those um, but I kind of wanted to come back around to, I don't know, I keep, I keep, I keep coming back to social media, even though this conversation isn't necessarily only about social media, but, um, you mentioned advertisements. Mm. Um, I think that's, that's one of the things that I think is the worst about social media, mm. um, specifically Instagram. Yeah, it's become a years ago. advertising location mainly. Yeah, and that 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 follows, you know, people fall into the trap of seeing fitness models, you know, propagating their their concepts on a, you know, well, obviously they're perfect bodies uh, for you know people to see and be like, why shouldn't I be like that? But also, it propagates. Um, people seeing stuff like you know products that they want Mm. and they end up like getting like just buying 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 and then find finding themselves in financial uh distress after a while because they're just like driven just purchase what they see Mm. that is so um (laughs) frivolous you know for the most part and um and just it's marketed beautifully because it's Instagram. So like everything looks good, but yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, another it's influencing, um, influencing people's people's minds. Like, you know, you have a, yeah. like a, a soda commercial. I'm not going to say which company it is. Um, <laughs> and it's like, you know, two, two people and they're like in love and they're having like a great old time. And like, you know, then they hold up the cans and they, they drink them. And it's like, what, that's, that's, 
on some level, it's hard to say what the intentions of the person who created the commercial are. Maybe they they really meant to just show, oh, you can be happy if you have this, you know, soda or something like that. But the effect that actually has on the psyche is like somebody who feels, you know, that that's something that they want. It's not even yeah. about the soda. It's about the experience that the soda represents. And that's manipulation is what it is because everyone knows that like ain't no soda going to make you find love. Like that's a lie. <laughs> that's false advertisement. First of all, um, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. So like, you know, there's that aspect. And in some cases it, it is conscious manipulation. Like you see these YouTube videos and like, I'm getting so tired of these people making these weird faces on YouTube videos. You know what I'm talking about? Like they'll make like no. a, what do you mean? They'll go like this. Oh, like you'll like be scrolling the, through like the thumbnails. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. It's so annoying yeah. because, and this is particularly why it's so annoying is because it makes me stop and I'm about to click it. Like, because they're, they're devised in a way they're like manipulating our like limbic system, our like primal brain to be like, Oh, somebody shocked. I want to see what that is. Or, you know, if somebody just on the street just goes like, you're going to look and want to see, but, but that's being manipulated to something that's not even related. They're like, and then they're like, you know, selling popsicles or something. I don't know, like something ridiculous. Yeah. It has nothing to do yeah, with it's, that. It's like, uh, and it's not world's, shocking. World's best hot dog. Yeah. Something like that. It's all those. Yeah. yeah and I, on principle, will not click those videos. They'll make me stop and I want to click, but I will restrain myself because I just don't want to participate in this. Like, yeah. It's not even necessarily anything bad that they're doing. They understand. They saw, oh, this gets me more views. But I mean, what are you willing to do for views? Just like make all sorts of weird faces on your on your videos just so that people <laughs> will click it. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird, especially yeah. when you see like what are really the top videos on YouTube, the ones that really get hundreds of millions of views. And especially the ones that get hundreds of millions of views for no merit like they're complete like fluff videos they're about some like they're really nonsensical they're not like meaningful content but because yeah you know it lets you flow into that unconscious state and you just watch them you don't really think about it and you know they have very catchy titles and they're very bright so you you click them um yeah. there's these videos on youtube have you seen these for um for kids they'll have these videos of uh people opening up like toys and like wrappers and like opening up cards and like opening up presents. Like literally it'll just be a 20 minute long YouTube video of like unwrapping presents. And like, that's all they do. They're just unwrapping presents. They're like opening up toy boxes. They're like looking at what's inside and the kids will literally just watch them for hours. They get millions of really? views. Yeah. Cause it huh. gives them that. I've never that seen same, that. You haven't. It's scary. No. It's scary. When you see it, you're like, Oh, okay. This is what's going on with, consumer culture it's weird yeah. right that is scary actually, watch one yeah. of them and then see how how weird it is and like you'll be like oh this is actually like it gives you some feeling of you know like that excitement you get when you open a fortune cookie but imagine <laughs> yeah. that with like toys but imagine the whole video is just an hour of people doing that and that's the whole video that's, that's the whole premise of it it's to give that dopamine response or something for children for children who don't wow. have discernment who don't yeah. have like a real, you know, like rational decision. Like, I don't want to watch this for two hours. They just, yeah. 
will just click. I mean, they're unsupervised. That's weird. Like I have a, I have a kind of an interest in pe- uh, pediatrics. Mm-hmm. So like just to hear that, it's kind of like, wow, like I had no idea. And like, yeah. that's really impactful for a, a young mind. Yeah. And electronics sure. in general, you know, like all the different, we're yeah. in a sense, like we're, I, I grew up around electronics, you know, but the generation younger than me, they were like out of the womb with electronics. Like they're yeah. on phones and iPads and stuff from like a few years yeah. old. And no, I remember the case like for me, I at least had some like development period in my life where there was really not really no phones. There was no t- cell phones. Yeah. No, my, my, uh, my ex-girlfriend, like I remember she, uh, she had a very young sister and like, I don't know, her sister was, um, maybe three at the time and they were already giving her like iPhones and iPads and stuff like that. And I was just like, that's so weird to me. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's hard to say, you know, what will happen? Like, is it going to necessarily all be bad? Is there going to be good aspects to it? I mean, yeah, they're going to be great when it comes to using technology though. Like, so, and the world of the future seems to be a world that keeps moving more and more into technology. So they're actually being adapted to the world that is to come, but at what price to their mental health? At what price to their spirit? At what price to yeah. their ability to concentrate, focus, pay attention to anything when everything is so, you know, clickbaity and everything is so pop and quick and quick short clips and this and that? Like, right. who has time to read a book from yeah. cover to cover, like a long one, right? Like, it doesn't give you that amount of stimulation that, you know, just watching little short YouTube video clips does or, scrolling through unconsciously so there's a competition yeah and like one on one end you have meaningful content that takes more work and effort and concentration to get to but it ultimately has more reward and the other hand you have quick uh you know instant gratification yeah and then by the end of finishing that book you've you've reached so many like deeper parts of yourself Mm. because reading a book is so much more, you know, interactive that it's, it's by the, like when you turn the last page and close the book, it's, you feel good about yourself, whether you think, whether you see it as that way or not. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. And And books are a kind of technology too. It's interesting. I wonder if when books first came out, there was people in the streets saying like, books are going to be the end of us all. And like people are going to stop thinking for themselves and just believing what they read in books. I bet there was like that. There had to have been, right? Well, like what does when books first came out mean? Like, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) I guess when like the printing press, like when when books first became, you know, like, because people are always writing on papyruses and manuscripts and stuff. That's thousands of years. But I mean, like when books became mass producible, where like everyone could read the book. That's what I'm talking about. The printing press. The printing press. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah, that's, that's, I don't know. Because you could argue that books too, like impacted the way we think, right? Because it made us more language based in our thinking. And that's questionable. And isn't that why the the Nazi, like the Third Reich burned books, burned like most books, you know? So who knows? That's a very, that's an entirely different conversation. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. It is a good, it's a good point to bring up. That that's probably more like suppression of information. 
that's probably more yeah. suppression of like alternate viewpoints because any alternate viewpoint challenges the you know conventional viewpoint so that's mm-hmm. any regime who's trying to maintain power at all costs doesn't want you know this is a common uh aspect of history a religion comes in and they destroy all the old temples because they they offer a counterpoint and you know if you want to be the only the only one in town you got to get rid of all competitors which are could yeah. be ideas that could be histories that could be and that's the, a lot of premise of 1984 by George Orwell's like that where history is reprinted and deleted and no one knows what the real history is anymore. So they go along with the totalitarian regime without even knowing it because they don't have anything to compare it to. That's just their life. Yeah. That's how it's always been. That's a good way. Yeah. That's why I said it's a, it's a different conversation because we could go down that. Absolutely. We could go down that rabbit trail for like yeah. another hour. Potentially. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. I think we, we reached upon a, a lot of essential points to really uh, we, like electronics maybe, and media that in a sense the main thing is to, is to remain aware you know to remain conscious right. of how you use it to remain conscious of how uh children use it or how people you're taking care of use it to, to be conscious of that the influence could be great that we don't see and it could be a negative influence we just we just don't know that we don't have really yeah. enough time with these technologies to see. We just see what's around us. We just see, you know, the feeling of meaninglessness that's present in a lot of people's lives and the, you know, right. tremendous rates of anxiety and depression in this country. And of course, it's for all sorts of reasons. But to say that it's not related to our disconnect fundamentally from nature on some degree, from our disconnect from a community, say from our real disconnect from real social environments, I mean, that's has to be a big part of it. It has to be. Yeah. And I think this conversation, uh, this episode of the podcast is it mostly, it doesn't present um, uh, solutions. It presents questions. Yeah, definitely know? questions. And I think, yeah. And I think that's sort of the point is that like, we just need to start considering these things and like paying attention, um, you know. Right. Well, that's uh, what, that's what follows from the idea of use it consciously. Cause how does one use it consciously? That's for every person to decide. That's the ultimate question exactly. is like, how can you use it in a way that is beneficial to your life? Or how can you see that maybe it's not beneficial for your life and then just not use it and, and be yeah. okay with it as like a, a yeah. conscious choice either way. I mean, if you're going to use it, then use it for the betterment of your life and others. If you're not going to use it, then then don't. Yeah. I guess that's yeah, the, I think it, com- the- it comes down to that. <laughs> yeah. And just for the listeners, I just think like, yeah, just consider those thoughts. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, absolutely. It, I'm, I'm interested to see too, where, where it all progresses because, you know, Instagram, Facebook, all these things, they, they came around in the past, you know, several years and uh, became really prominent in, in the last, like, what was it? Probably like five, 10 years or something like that. Um, yeah what's next you know like the idea of our technology especially electronic continues to continues to grow continues to advance and our fundamental need to interconnect with each other and share information is uh, always present so this idea of 
social media in the future? I mean, it's really, it's really a question of like how, how societies, how individuals, how communities, how everyone will evolve into communicating with each other through whatever technologies and tools that we have. Cause they're always changing. They're always progressing, growing, degrading. I mean, certain yeah. social media platforms have been in like a strong degrade lately. I don't know if, if you've noticed that, but just the amount of like, just advertising on, on some platforms has become untenable. It's a hardly even social media anymore. It's more like, self-promotion mm, yeah definitely definitely yeah <laughs> it's yeah it's unfortunate but it, yeah it's the way it is so we got to find find our place within it or yeah. or not like find our place within it yeah i mean as a as a public health you know historically as a public health professional like i feel like i have to find my place within it personally um, because it's it's it, it permeates and has a very huge role in public health, community health, how people uh, interact, and also how they um, just, just even like approach their own physical and emotional health. So like there is there is an aspect that like needs to be approached and like uh, given attention, but. Um, Potentially that's not everyone's role. So I, I, right. I do understand that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, it, it's a tool. It's going back to that's a tool. You can, you, yeah. you, know, you could use it for the benefit or sharing good information or you can use it unconsciously and that that's okay too. There's no, there's nothing, there's nothing like wrong about using it in whatever way you, you please. But the question of like, is it really the well, way that like, you want to use it? That's really the fundamental question. You can just look at it as alcohol. Like you can have a few drinks with friends on the weekend, but if you abuse it and have a, you know, a fifth of vodka every night, it's an issue. Yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. I mean, social. Same thing, same thing, with, same thing with electronics. Social yeah. Media. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Moderate moderation too. And yeah noticing the home I guess, facts and what you're seeking to get out of it. Cause right. No, no one is like an alcoholic cause they want to be right. right? Like it's yeah. filling something in their life, like s- suppressing some kind of pain or something like that, which is yeah. what I think every conversation that we have comes back to moderation mm. in some way. <laughs> I'm realizing that right now. Yeah. But. And that's, that's the hard thing to find is like the, the, Balance is the simplest thing, but the hardest thing to find, right? Like in life in general, especially right now. Okay? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, it's been uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, uh, Clayton. Yeah. Thank you for uh, the discussion. It was very uh, very fruitful. Definitely gives a lot of ideas for uh, how to move forward in, in this world that's increasingly connected through technology and, and social media. And um, even just talking about it reminds me to be more conscious on, on social media. So I think it's, it's always a good conversation to have, you know, cause yeah, is- I think that was, that was the kind of the point I think and why I brought the, the topic up. So I'm, uh, I'm glad I'm happy to be back on. Thank you for having me. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'll be posting promos on social media of this podcast episode. <laughs> Isn't that ironic? <laughs> it is ironic. I actually realized that like as we started it, but it's okay. It's it's a tool, like you said. It's so. a it's a critical tool of the medium of which it'll be posted on. I actually yeah. think that'll that'll be very funny. Yeah. I mean, and for the listeners, like we did uh Bogdan was here at my apartment uh, and we talked for like an hour about about this topic. So um, there's a there's a lot there's a lot to and there will be a lot more to say, right? Because this is a yeah. this is a evolving reality with us. Uh Right. So it's it's here to stay until the electricity goes out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. I hope you have a pleasant night. Thank you, everyone.